here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to Super J Cost. I'm Joel Abraham. With me is Damon McDonald. How's it going, Damon? Uh, you know me. It's uh, always a uh, <laughs> always a ball of fun. My pink eye is still is still here, Joel. I, I'm uh, I feel like my eyes are dry as fuck, but um, hey, I'm gonna persevere. I push through. You know, I like I work with injuries and uh, always. Um, Always here for the fine listeners of the JKS. So uh, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun show. Um, not not a traditional show in the sense of we have anything to review, right? It's more of uh, we're bouncing around as uh, stealing a bit from Voices of Wrestling flagship. We're going to bounce around New Japan and, and uh, the New Japan world. And I think these are, are probably some of our most fun shows. Yeah, we've got a smorgasbord, lots of different things to talk about today. Um, the reason we are recording a day early is because tomorrow, our usual recording time, I will hopefully be watching England against Panama in the World Cup. Um, and I did get a question here from at Mr. United 2018, who says, if England beat Panama, do you think, like me, that they automatically become favourites of the World Cup? And of course, the answer is yes. Now, I always go through the same process when England are at a major tournament. I'm very sceptical and I don't think we're going to do very well. And the first match starts and as soon as England score a goal, then I start thinking, this is it. This is finally the year that we're going to win the big one. But usually we end up uh, drawing or even losing the opening match in major tournaments. So the fact that we actually won this time against Tunisia is giving me even more hope. And just looking around the other countries, there's not that many teams who are on fire or playing particularly well so who knows if we we get a good result tomorrow and um get a decent draw in the second round then i think it's uh it's anybody's game but uh uh you've you been watching any of the football damon um <laughs> uh, i don't know what's good football and bad football that's the biggest problem like i don't know when teams are aside from scoring obviously like it just doesn't feel like there's like enough offensive pressure for me to, to determine, oh, this team's playing well, this team's not. It seems like everything is in the middle, and then they just hit reset constantly. Reset constantly. Drop the ball back, drop the ball back. Um, so I'm really the most uneducated football guy in the world. But, to uh, yes, I have watched a little bit of it. Uh, so let's do this. Um, let's give me some homework. Um, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. I might be hungover tomorrow. I might be, uh, it might be an in-the-house kind of day. Um what I, this is on at like eight o'clock in the morning for me. This this England game against Panama, Mm-mm. Van Halen. Um, am I rooting for England? Yeah, I'm probably rooting for England, right? I'm rooting for England. Of course, I'm rooting for England, right? Uh, so sorry, any of our Panama listeners. I'm rooting for England. Um, 
now. And, uh, Japan plays later on tonight, right? Uh, they're playing tomorrow. They'll be playing against Senegal, I believe. Okay. So, but I think it's I think it broadcasts. I, I like it's weird because we don't. I don't know if there's a lot of live games. I think a, a lot of the stuff is tape delayed for us. Um, so I might be watching the Japan stuff a little bit later. So though, I mean, look, those are my two teams. I guess if I had to pick two teams, I'm picking that. I even have one of those little little towel things. I didn't even know I had it. Uh, Samurai Blue. I got one. I got one. Like you know how like you're in the airport and you don't really feel like bringing back money from the country that you're in. Um, so you're just buying nonsense. So I bought one of those towels, and uh, it's, it was hanging on my wall behind something, actually. So I was like, all right, uh, they're my team, so I'm going to root for them too. So, uh, And again, U.S. does not have a uh, have a team, and good, because I would root against them anyway. Um, all right, so there's there's our World Cup take. Uh, so who's who's looking good right now, by the way? I know you're rooting for England, but do you, Who's who's the team to beat right now? Uh, Croatia actually uh, emerging as dark horses. Wow. They're looking in very good form at the moment. So uh, they dispatched Argentina pretty handily uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Russia are looking very strong. Uh, Uruguay won both of their games. Um, France won both of their games as well. So from what I've seen so far, I would say those teams are looking in pretty good form. How's Australia? Uh, Australia... Out of their two matches, they've drawn one and lost one. So they're sitting with one point. Uh, they're probably going home because Denmark and France are above them. So sorry, Australia. It's not looking good. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, look, uh, I'll watch the England tomorrow, for me, tomorrow. Um, and I'll watch the Japan. I'll watch both those and um, hopefully. Now, this, this is just a qualifying. I know people are like, I want to listen up. I want to hear pro wrestling talk. All right. Well, we'll get there. Um, the... Is this what is this qualifiers? And then we when, when do we get on to the to the meat and potatoes? Uh, this is the group stage and the knockout phase of the World Cup when it actually starts getting into the the tournaments uh, will start again. Let me check my phone here. Um, starts on the thirtieth of June. Okay, all right. That's we got still got a little ways to go. All right. Um, all right, so those are those are my teams. So I'm going to be rooting for those two teams. Um, there's no way they they both could meet in the finals, right? No fucking way, right? Um, I don't know actually. I haven't seen the the permutations and how it would work out in the knockout stage, but I would say it's very unlikely because neither of them are that good, to be honest. All right. Well, I'm going for the underdogs. I'm going for the Juice Robinsons of the world. So that that there's going to be my picks. All right. So uh, we'll look forward to that, and we'll keep everyone updated. I'm sure Joel will be firing away on the on the Twitter box with his hot World Cup takes, hot crisp takes, and hot World Cup takes. Yes. Um, so keep your eyes peeled to the Twitter account for that at the Super J Cast. And I just also want to take the chance to say thank you to everyone who left reviews and ratings on iTunes. Uh, I've got some of them up here and I feel that the people who did do it do deserve a shout out. So I'm going to read through some of these. Um, we have got uh, my favourite pro wrestling podcast by Footy Boy. Uh, Joel and Damon have great chemistry and intertwine their witty banter in with factual pro wrestling analysis and recaps. This is my fave NJPW and pro wrestling podcast in general. Great job, guys. Hope you get to 10K. 
uh, Harry Boy Turd. Um, not sure about the name, but let's see about the review. Joel always does his homework, and by God, is it noticeable. He says he's a new fan, but some of his incredibly deep hot takes blow me away every week. Damon is the same old Damon, a lovable host that oozes charisma. Overall, the podcast mix Ooh. of professionalism and improved conversation creates an inviting Ooh. vibe and great two hours of content every week. I'm putting that on my Tinder profile. This, this is this is great. Uh, Benny Five Belly says a solid five out of five. More crisp chat. We'll get it up to the magical seven stars. Well, I can definitely work on that. Uh, Callum Paris. These guys go into so much detail. Joel hosts the show beautifully with great facts, and Damon gives superb analysis and historical context. Well worth it. Uh, Kieran DMA says a must listen for any NJPW fans. Thank you for that. Uh, Spiel ninety seven. One of the best New Japan podcasts. At- Sorry, one of the best. Oh yeah. You show me an NJPW podcast that's better than this. I'll show you a fucking lie, my friend. Very th- anyway, very thorough analysis and good insights into the product. Truly a seven-star product that wouldn't be out of place headlining a Dominion show. Thank you. That's that's very kind. Uh, Rob C, nineteen eighty-five. Really great podcast with timely and entertaining news and reviews from New Japan. Two engaging hosts who know their stuff. And Kento Seven with the last one. Easily the best NJPW podcast out there. Thank you. More honest. Uh, great conversations, lots of insight, but they don't force their opinions down your throat. <laughs> well, you, you just wait for that. Uh, also, loads of good crisps <laughs> chat from Will. So thank you, all of you who left those reviews there. That is much appreciated. It is very kind, very kind. Sometimes um, sometimes just, uh, you know, listen, we get plenty of people calling us assholes and dickheads and you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground and all that nonsense. So. Every once in a while, it's nice to get a nice uh, somebody talking nice about you. It's very, very nice. Uh, thank you, everyone. That's much appreciated. But for those of you who have not, please, uh, if you would, hop on over to iTunes and uh, and again, it always helps us with uh, it helps the show, it helps the algorithm and all that stuff. So uh, anything that you can do uh, would be much appreciated in that regard. Yes, uh, agreed. So um, please get on that if you haven't done so already. So let's get straight in there, Damon. Uh, the big controversial topic on everyone's mind right now if walkers mm. came to you both and said we want to make a super j cast crisp flavor what flavor would it be and that's from you and taylor at slurm 316 wow it's a great question i like that one <sighs> see again i like the smoky bacon um i can't get that here um now there is a rumor that i'm getting a, a care package sent over from london so uh fingers crossed. I want a care package from, sent uh, from London. <laughs> you gotta have connections. You gotta you gotta you gotta have yeah, I gotta have connections. Yeah, you think with so, family uh, and friends living there that someone would be able to send me something. But I don't nothing. have I don't have I, 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 listen, you've got the family. Oh, no, that's there. my point. I, I don't got no family. Right. Well listen, you gotta you gotta you you obviously have been uh, kicked out of the family for some reason. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, am char- charming and, and what was it? Oozing charisma? What yes. Was that? Oozing charisma all over line? your microphone. Be careful. Yes. It's very, I mean, I'm putting that on a fucking business card. Uh, yes, but I believe that. So the question is what flavor? So again, I, I am partial to the fucking smoky bacon, but, um, it's, it's already there. Here's what I do like in my crisp though. I will say this. I do like a little sweetness. I like the sweet and saltness. So maybe like a, maybe like a like a like a like a caramel corn kind of thing, or like a you know just something a little sweet to go along with the the saltiness of the of the crisp. 
Um, so something along those lines. So I'm sure we can come up with something uh, that would that would check those boxes. Uh, or, you know what? If we can combine sweet, salty, and a little spicy too, to have a little after, you know, maybe it's on your tongue and a little, a little spicy, a little, a little, a little heat. Um, I don't know how we're going to combine all those flavor profiles, but somebody science science will work it out. Um, that's what I want. That's the flavor profile I want. I want a little sweet at first, a little salty, and then maybe a little kick at the end, making make, make you make you know you're alive. I like that. All right, let's, let's let's work on that. I don't know what that flavor would be. See, I was thinking going down the spicy route to really capture the ethos of the show, which is, of course, sizzling hot takes. Uh, I was thinking something like <laughs> a Carolina Reaper chili flavor, which, of course, is the I believe it's the Ooh. spiciest chili in the world. So something like that, because I, I love my spicy food as well. So that would be my choice. How about like a like a like a uh, like a curry or like a um. Uh, like my favorite is a uh, like chicken. Is it masala? Is it pronounced? I yes. love that, and I like Brit- it. British I like it spicy. Yes. Um, so maybe we can go that route, um, like a curry or a, or that kind of a flavor profile at the end. Well, like, again, that's that's yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm I'm with you on on the on the heat. So let's let's bring some heat, and then uh, we can go from there, um, and we can kind of intertwine that. Ah, um, oh, now I want that. It's eight o'clock in the morning, and I want fucking curry. Hmm. I'll figure that out. All right. Uh, good question there. Uh, what okay, else? Okay. Uh, next question then from Derek Von Eric at Derek Ashman. Best Japanese adult beverage. I'm assuming he means alcoholic beverage, not strong, strong syrup. Beverage. Yeah, of course. Which flavor? S- strong. Um, I'm more partial toward the citrusy ones, right? So like the lemony ones or the my, the orange one is is really my favorite. Um. Yeah, the orange or even like the grapefruit one is not bad. Um, I do, I, I, but I like them all. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's nine percent fucking alcohol that you could buy in a can at a convenience store. How you can, how can you go wrong? Um, and they fuck you up quick. They do, they do, <laughs> they man. Just, I drank that first uh, one in the Starbucks outside of Sakajo Hall, and I was like, shit, I need to pace myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're outside the dome. When you go, when and listen, there are going to be a lot more people going to the dome this year than there were last year, and I know people are saving up and like when you before that that Wrestle Kingdom show, it is a party outside where it's just everybody just hangs out outside the dome. Everybody's having a good time. There's people in cosplay and and you're dressing up and having a ball, and it's just a celebration of pro wrestling. And you can drink out there. Um, and everybody is drinking and loaded up. And one of my favorite, I'll take it to my fucking grave, Joel, is, again, our good pal from um, Australia, Kyle. He went to uh, the Lawson's that's right th- like right at the Dome, right right where the Denny's is, right before the bridge. You know you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, he comes out of that. Like, we're all standing around. And he went to, go- and he just came back with, like, you know, he's his chest is holding, you know, pushing out to, so he can hold all the strong zeros in his hands. And it was just so fucking great. I'm just like, oh, this is the greatest day ever. And you just get, oh, you get, and they're delicious. They go down easy. It's like drinking like a, like a, like a, like a monster or an energy drink or, but even more delicious and full of alcohol. And you get just toasted by the time you're done. One of them, two of them, you're, you're, you're going to be feeling, especially on like an empty stomach. Fuck, you're you're done. You're done. 
So strong zero is my, my pick. Yeah, I, I can co-sign on that. And especially they've got some really good flavors too. I'm partial to lychee flavored things. And when I saw 9% lychee flavored strong zero, I just fell in love. That's my jam. And it's lucky they don't have those where I live because if they did, I'd, I'd be a fucking alcoholic, mate. I'll tell you that. Oh, man. Oh, I don't think that's the one thing I tried to find. Like, there's, n- I can't get them. Like, and I'm afraid to bring them back, like put them in my, my in my travel because it's, you know, it's a can of carbonated beverage. So I'm afraid they just explode in my luggage. Um, and I don't, I don't know the legalities of bringing back. Well, I guess you could bring back because people can bring back like sake, right? Yeah, I think there's a, um, a certain amount you could bring as long as your whole suitcase isn't packed uh, full of them. I, that It might very well. But again, I'm just worried about like the carbonation and the pressure and... I'm just. I don't want like nine strong zeros to explode in my luggage. Your clothes but, would smell great um, if it did. Oh, I would drink my socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. I got to find a way. There's got to be a way for me to get a strong zero here in the states. There's got to be a fucking way. So hey, listen, if you're in Japan, speaking of care packages, how about sending me and Joel? You want to help the show? Send us fucking strong zeros. <laughs> That would help the show. That would help our shows and our lives immensely. Oh, how that, that's can we get the what's it the Patreon? Can we get that instead of that? Can we just get a fund to get a strong zeros? That's all we want. We would do this show forever if we just got paid in strong zeros. Can you imagine how good this show would be if we both sunk a couple of strong zeros before we start recording? Oh, how great. We'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> great. Uh yeah, I need I I and we need to find a way. So um that yeah okay let's 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 work on that okay uh next up some more somber news uh of course very sad to hear the passing of vader in the week um we've got a question from nicole rado at booze leprechaun who always contributes brilliant questions uh it's not really a question but uh she's asked if damon can recommend the top three vader matches to watch on njpw world Oh, okay. I can I can help her there um first of all let me just say that joel i don't know what it is about you and and your charming personality is it but but i i feel and i could be dead wrong that the uh, female de- demographic has definitely uh, shot up when it comes to this show so and and i think that is a wonderful thing i'm i'm thrilled with that news um am i am i off base on that cuz it just feels like it is um because we because when we would do questions and shit like that it would be like i would say 98% guys Right, but I just feel like the questions that I get asked when you do this, it's like there's a lot, there's a lot more diversity there, and I like that. Um, am I off base here? No, I definitely feel that too, but I don't think that's because of me. I think it's because of the product, and uh, you know, people like Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, uh, making it more inclusive. So I think that is possibly attracting a, a wider demographic of listeners than uh, my podcast contributions. Although I, I mean, I'll take that victory lap if you want. Take it. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Let's put it this way. It wasn't, you know, fucking Colin wasn't bringing him in. That's for sure. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Vader matches. Um, yes, I can help there. So for me, I think, and especially when it comes to the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you have to go out of your way. And I know it's on the network because I saw it on the network too. And... Um, it's not necessarily for match quality. You're not watching this for stars, right? You're watching this for the significant historical event in New Japan. And it was Vader's debut in New Japan. 
Now, this was pretty fucked because how this happened was literally a bait and switch. Um, the fans bought tickets for Sumo Hall um, to see a, a match that has been built for months, years maybe, um, and that was Choshu and Anoki, right? So, you know, we all know Choshu's history with New Japan and how he was the rebel guy. And, and, and you know, to, to give you a, a real shit analogy, he was Steve Austin before Steve Austin, right? Um, he was, you know, kind of like the, the black sheep and the rock star and the cocky guy. And he helped bring in the idea of Japanese-Japanese feuds. Um, because, again, pro wrestling in Japan was really built around the gaijin, you know, and, and the Japanese guy getting a one-up on that that person. So here here we go. We're building up to a big match, Sumo Hall. Um, and it, it, it falls apart quickly because neither one of them apparently wanted to lose or there was a problem with the finish. And Anoki had the ego the size of, you know, Texas. So he... They devised this thing where uh, Vader's man. I'd always f- fuck up his name. Kit- Kitaharo, Kataharo. He's he was a famous comedian um, at the time. Like he was like, um, I think he had like a talk show, like a late night talk show. So he would be like the equivalent of like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel here in the states, or um, you know maybe even back in the day like a Jay Leno or Johnny Carr. Like he was or Letterman. Like he was like that type of guy. So he was bringing in and challenging Anoki, and he was bringing in Vader, right? But the problem was, was everybody paid for Anoki and Choshu, and they could see it falling apart. They could see, like, the people in the, in the building were like, what the fuck? We, we don't want this nonsense. We want the match that we paid for because everybody's been hyped up for it. So it broke into this, this impromptu tag match um, that, you know, was totally fucking shit (laughs) you know it was like it was it was terrible um then you know vader comes out and uh after this uh, no so they had this tag match it it falls apart um and the place is going nuts like just shitting all over it so then they say okay so i guess we're just going to do this match Anyway, and nobody wants to do this Anoki Choshu match. So again, they have this tag match. The fans shit on it. They look at each other like, okay, I guess we got to have this match now. And there's all kinds of chaos in between. Like people are leaving the ring. People are coming back to the ring, going back to the dressing room. So here they go. They're going to have this match. It's like six minutes long, if that. And it ends with Choshu getting uh, thrown into the ring post, busted open by Anoki. And so they do a non-finish there. The fans are shitting on that, right? They're fucking shitting on it. And then here comes Vader. Now now Anoki's going to wrestle Vader. And Vader destroys Anoki um, in like three minutes. And that was like the first job that Anoki did in, I want to say, three years, uh, two years, three years, like a long time. It was significant. Like, Anoki didn't lie down for anybody, and he gets squashed in, like, three minutes. So that led to the infamous throwing of the, well, not really the, well, they threw everything, really. They threw trash. They threw, uh, 
the pillows that they had. In, in I heard the arena. they set they fire threw... to the pillows. Uh, was it uh, Sumo Hall, yep. wasn't it? They threw fi- set fire to the yep. pillows and then threw them. Correct. They were they they had a riot in the building, um, and New Japan was banned from attending, you know, or having shows at the building. Um, and as a result of that, they lost. It might have been other things too, mind you, but that was a big factor in them losing their TV deal, right? Which at the time they were like prime time. Um, so yeah, so. Again, you're not watching this Vader match in necessarily for match quality, but it's his debut. You know, it's his big, a big time debut, and but just the story around it. So, like, it's all it's a very similar thing, to, and it's a very similar feeling that you might get with like for those familiar with the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart thing, and that the Montreal Screw Job. It had that same kind of feeling in the building of the fans being like, "All right, you're fucking us over, and we're not taking this." Um, so watch that. It's really an interesting thing. Um, if I had to pick another one, hmm. there's a one of my favorite tag teams was Vader. Imagine this tag team, Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow, as a tag team. Um, they were they were the IWGP tag team champions, and I think it was Hase and Sasaki um, that that they uh, fought. That's on the network. Great match. Um, you can you can always go Anoki versus uh, Vader, which in a surprisingly great match where Vader, I mean, there is one suplex that Vader throws on Anoki that I kid you not, I thought he killed him. It was brutal. Anoki lands on the back of his neck, and I thought he snapped him in half. Um, that's a good one. Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I those are the three that just instantly pop in my mind when it comes to to significant Vader matches. I mean, listen, you could watch the Hanson match from the Dome. I mean, that's significant because they beat the shit out of each other, and Vader has his eye pop out. His eye, like, you, I talk about my eye hurting. His fucking eyeball is in his hand, and he pops it back in his skull, right? I kid you not. It is gross and great at the same time. Um, so Stan Hansen Vader is brutal, um, and I believe that is on the network as well. So um, there's at least four for your watching. So go there, watch those. Um, uh, to me, he was the best big man in wrestling. Um, I mean, big man is is you know can go a lot of different ways, and it depends on how big you want to go. Because I still think Stan Hansen is 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 a, one of the best, and I consider him a big man, but Vader is bigger. Um, just just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I, and he's been everywhere, right? There's not a promotion he hasn't fucking wrestled in and, and done well in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, enjoy those matches on the network. That's where I would say start first. Okay, thanks for those recommendations. I think I'll have to check some of those out for myself. Um, all right, it's time for uh, my segment that I said I wasn't going to do, but I am going to do it. Uh, this is Joel states that wrestlers are in a relationship as if it was a verifiably proven fact when it's more so just his idealized fancy based on hearsay. You know Peter, the lady who comes out with Udro from time to time? Yes. Yeah, which one? The one with yes, the bunny ears? Yes, the bunny ears one. Um, yes. She, yes. I, I've been told that rumors and uh, some Instagram videos, photos to back this up that she is dating a member of the Bullet Club. Um, I'm going to give you three guesses, see if you can guess who it is. Okay. 
I have no idea, to be honest with you. Um, so again, this is speculation. This is nothing that is uh, proven. This is just uh, mere fun and speculation. Um, hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say she goes outside the box. <laughs> that was an innuendo there. Um, mm, I'm gonna say Chase Owens, not Chase Owens. You got two guesses left. Oh. I would have hoped Chase. I, I tell you what, I, I'd high five Chase on that one. Um, how about that Tonga Loa? It's not Tonga Loa, no. Last guess. Oh, all right, last guess. Hmm. Not Fale. Bingo. Fale. Fale. Holy shit! The big man. Wow. Listen, he's got all that coffee money coming in. That's what it is. Well, listen, he lost a little bit of weight. A lot right? of weight. Looking yeah, slim and, and trim. That, that sweet tattoo yeah. he's got on his head now. That's what I need. I think that's what I'm, that's, that's how I'm going to get it. I got the, I got the oozing charisma and a tattoo on my head. Ugh, I'll be fighting him off with a stick. Um, wow, well, good for him. Good for, good for both of them. Good, great job, uh, um, and and what are they? They're they're snuggling on the, on social media. They're uh, they're uh, all all lovey dovey on on the socials. That yeah, was an getting? Instagram post with Farley saying that he likes. I think something like he likes being in Tokyo because he gets to hang out with his favorite girl or something like that. So uh, have a look at Farley's Instagram Aww. if you want to see that. It's it's very cute. A nice couple. I will, uh, all right. Well, I hope that hopefully they are. That would be uh, that would be wonderful if that works out for both of them. Uh, if in fact that is the case, of course. Um, Don't take my word for who it. Knows. I'm talking out of my ass most of the time. Right. <laughs> but I love the bet. We need like a sounder. We need like a little pew, pew, pew. Now it's time for yeah, a jingle. We need that. Yeah. Someone make a jingle for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Instagram, yeah. did you see uh, um, this picture from, I think it was Taichi's Instagram of uh, El Desperado in the onsen? Is that the one where it's covering up his dong? Yeah. Do you, do you remember what was covering up his dong? It was a face of some. Uh, it was a face of of, of uh, Kitamura, right? Did I say Kitamura? Oh yeah, Kitamura. Um, yeah, that was weird, right? It was odd. It was. Um, I don't know the significance of it though. Like what? What? Did, like does that? What, I don't know what that meant. Well, don't ask me because you know what I'm going to say. I'll go back to my segment again. What are, you say? are they in a relationship? <laughs> are you going to say they're in a relationship? Uh, I'm, just, just. I'm not going to say anything. I'll, I'll leave the listeners to speculate on that. Okay. All right. Uh, I did see that. I didn't know the context of it. And uh, I literally moved on quickly from that. Okay. Uh, let's move quickly on then. A uh, question from at Oscar Rooney asking about the CMLL shows that are now available on mm. New Japan World. Any hot takes on that, Damon? I haven't watched any of them um, yet because they just popped up. Um, somebody... Actually, it was uh, the same guy who sent me the uh, care package from London. Uh, a London Joel is uh, you're London Joel too, technically. He just but, wants to be your right, favorite but... London Joel. You, you can have two London he does. Joels. Can I? I think so. Or is that against right. your religion? Ah, listen, I have no religion. Um, all right, cool. I you know I don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt. Um, Maybe I'll have to send you a care package from China. <laughs> yeah. And so you get my good graces. You could be my you could be my favorite Joel. <laughs> we could be in a relationship. So there's a new segment for the show. The two um, London Joels compete for Damon's affections. 
This, that's that I'm all for. Fuck yeah. Um, I I will say this: London Joe does have a little bit uh, does have a one up on you, in the sense that when I was over there, this guy like I was looking for this band. Um, I, I was looking for two bands because the, the CDs are out of print, so I was going to every record store I could find, and I couldn't find it. But I could get it on Amazon. Like I could get the one single on Amazon and a band called Geneva. Um, and but I want to take my credit card, and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm just, just. I, I. So um, he bought it for me, and uh, I woke up one day and with a little email, and it was there, and I was like, oh, dude, you're so fucking great. So, so he does have a little leg up. So you you owe me. He you're one uh, song purchase down, and uh, a care package coming. So just saying. Oh. Um. Yeah. Um, CMLL. What? <laughs> See, that's right. That's where we are. That's exactly. See, you're driving the ship. Appreciate that. I did not watch, but I think it's great, right? I mean, we get to see some uh, some some stuff that we do not have access to here in the states. Well, we do, but like in on the West Coast, might have it. I don't. I don't have it. And um, with the Jap, it's like a whole mix match. It's Japanese commentary, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, like. Um, I have a pa- like I have this IPTV thing where I can watch live Japanese television through my TV, my my computer and through my Amazon Fire Stick. Um, so a lot of times Samurai TV will have shows on there as well. So they'll do like some some of the bigger shows they'll they'll broadcast. Um, so I don't want to be like. Oh, look at me! I'm a cool pro wrestling demon guy. I got access to it all, but some of the I do get some stuff um, from Samurai TV that is, and I, it might actually be the same shows, to be truthful. Um, so I don't know what the, the the agreement is, but I think it's good. More wrestling, the better, uh, and it kind of opens up for the people who love the Fantastic Mania in February. Um, you're going to dig this, right? This is right up your alley. So. Uh, um, more wrestling, the better, and um, yeah, I'm all in. I'll watch them. Sure, why not? Okay, thanks for that. So uh, we have a message from our favorite listener, at Nose Penis, asking for your least hunky boy. Oh! And this time, he has spelt boy with a Y just for you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That, to this, I kid you not, I listened to that bit three times, and I die laughing every fucking time I hear it, and... Ah, nose penis. That is good stuff. We, we, I, you know, people texting me. I had people texting me saying, "Oh my god, I fell on the fucking floor listening to that bit." So good oh, job. It was a great you. show last um, week, wasn't it? There's was a lot of comedy there. I thought so. I mean, I like the comedy. Um, I thought that's one thing we do better than any other. I, I'm going to be honest. We have an entertaining show. That's for fucking sure. Um, Kevin Kelly agrees. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, if you're listening, really appreciate the shout out. Yeah, see, I know that made your day, right? I know you saw that, and that you woke up to that, and you were like, ah, oh, I finally made it. I finally made it. And just wait. Wait for that one time on that random Road 2 show where he pops in your name. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make think your you day. Do you think he'll mention Noah's penis? Ah, I doubt it. I don't, think, I don't think Noah's penis gets on. Sorry. But he, Noah's penis has a place in our heart <laughs> on the show. Tweetable. Um, tweetable. Tweetable. That's tweetable right there. Fucking knock that one. Hit that one up for the kids on the Twitter box. Um, all right. What's, what's, I, 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 I oh, boy. Uh, uh, ugliest yeah, least, one? Least hunky. Un- unhunky? Okay. Um, 
Again, I think I would be considered a bear, wouldn't I? What does that mean? I think I'm a like 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 I'm a bigger guy. I think I would be a bear, right? So you know what I mean. I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. No, no. isn't that like a? Is, like, now I feel weird. <laughs> um, so like, don't they have like little, like they have like, I don't know what the term I'm looking for is, but like a bigger guy in in the uh, in the LGB. Uh, I'm not even. I, listen, I'm out of my league. Oh, he, he's it. hovering I'm dangerously really... close to unwokeness, guys. I... <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, 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 isn't that a thing? Who's like, the least the, hunky like, boy? Answer the question. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm hovering. No, my God, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Um, um, I would go with, um, hmm. And this is no offense. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings on this one. Uh, but uh, the guy is probably not my thing. Would be probably Yujiro Takahashi. I kind of like Yujiro because he he looks a bit like my cat, so he's he's got that he's kind of <laughs> cute. Not from a you know a sort of romantic perspective, but he's just he, I like the the shape of his face. I said my yeah he's go on. He seems grimy. Like he seems like 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 if I'm if I'm looking for a, oh my god if I'm looking for a guy to hook up with right. Um, he just seems like a little bit on the like not the good dirty kind. You know what I mean? Like like listen, I like the bad boys as much as the next guy. Um, he's probably been around the block a few um, times, hasn't he? He's right. Yeah, yeah. He's probably You'd want to got, get himself tested afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, my choice will probably be Izuka because of the beard and the mm. biting, and he probably likes to do some yeah. funky stuff with that the, the iron claw thing as well. So. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, that's that's your that's that's advanced level um hooking upness. Yeah. He's he's gonna he's 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 and it, and he's probably got some experience behind him, right? He's not gonna treat you well either. No. He's not gonna he's gonna treat you like a boy toy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um that's that's not a bad You pet didn't get this kind of chat on the pure cost. <laughs> Certainly not. No, no, we're we're in we're in new worlds now. That's for fucking sure. All right. Okay. What's, what's next? next is uh, this uh, question was doing the rounds on Twitter. Uh, three matches for a WWE NJPW Super Show. Uh, I cheated. I picked four. So my four were uh, Kenny Omega against Johnny Gargano, Kazuchika Okada against Pete Dunne, Tetsuya Naito against Andrade Cien Almas, and Hiromu Takahashi against Mustafa Ali. Um, what will your picks be? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it's a mixed match of New Japan. I, I could have gone NXT, huh? Uh, nobody told me that. Um, well, let's start at the top. Who would be the best partner for a Okada? Hmm. I, I think Debry would be really fun. I think that would be really good. But I might go Debry. <sighs> Hiromo, that might be even better. No, I'm going to Okada. I'll stick with Okada. That that has that has everything that I would want in a match. Uh, maybe Kevin Owens and um, how about a tag team of Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe against uh, Ishii and Michael Elgin? I would do that. Um, how about 
Kenny Omega versus hmm hmm Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> um, how about uh, AJ? We got to throw AJ in the mix in there somewhere. But I feel like we've seen somewhere Kenny Omega and and. But that would be a nice blow off to the feud, the Bullet Club feud. That'd be more interesting than Cody, right? So I'll go AJ and uh, Kenny. How about yeah? That? I would love to see a crossover match between Asuka and. Wait a minute. There's no women on the NJPW roster. Why are there no women? Uh, oh no. Well, because they don't have it. Uh, that's okay. Um, it's just not, a, you know, it's okay. They don't have to have one. Um, let, let let me say that. It's not it's not a necessary thing. There's there's plenty of options. Again, there's plenty of where's – there's plenty of work elsewhere. Um, they don't have to work – listen, nobody's complaining about all Japan. That's for sure. <laughs> where's the women's division in all Japan? Um I don't know. You know, it's like we discussed this already. I'm that, so sick of discussing this, and I don't know why it keeps coming up every single week. Why does it keep coming up? Why? Why it does it keep coming up? Why there, do you think? I I don't want to name names, but there's a few uh, wrestling journalist shit stirrers out there who like to bring it up from time to time. To I suspect it's just to create a bit of controversy to get some extra clicks and, and eyeballs. All right. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think we beat it to death. I think it's been beaten to death. The, all the reasons why. I mean, to me, the biggest one is is that you're putting other fucking promotions out of work. Like, that's the biggest one. Oh, I, I mean, got a segue for look, you. All right. I mean, it's like, okay, so now, you know, we have stardom's biggest star, maybe even, you know, two of the biggest names in 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 the world of of Yoshi. That are coming over for, you know, this May Young tournament, and and that's good. It gets exposure for them. But if they're staying, I mean, that's going to hurt the promotion big time. It's just I don't get that logic, man. Where everybody's got to go to that one fucking promotion or the biggest promotion. I just I I, I don't I, I think it does more harm than good. I really do for the overall strength of everyone. I, I just I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so fixated on that, but. And it doesn't mean that they don't, you know, it's not like it's, I, to me, I don't think that that's, that's holding anything back or, 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 or moving forward in people's thought processes of, of equality. I don't, I think it's the opposite when you start doing that, but okay, that's just dumb me. All right. Uh, where are we going now? This, this, this is, this is, I'm going into places that I usually don't go. All right, here we go. What else we got? Uh, okay, um, today was the uh, Suzuki 30th. Was it the 30th anniversary? What was the occasion? I can't remember what it was now. Yeah. The dragon. The pirate. The pirate, the pirate thing. show. I can't right? remember what the occasion was. Sorry, Minoru, if you're listening. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures from this, but it was absolutely pouring with rain, and it made for quite the spectacle. So I was following uh, Chris Charlton's Twitter at ReasonJP, and so basically, Okada and Suzuki went to a 30-minute draw in the middle of a monsoon. And Chris Charlton said, moments of that match were made by the weather. The awesome Okada entrance, uh, doing the rainmaker pose in the actual rain. Uh, Okada going for the elbow, missing because he took time to wipe the ropes. Suzuki trying for the huge drop kick and slipping, slipping again in the rain as he locked in an octopus hold that would have won it. 
Uh, so I'm curious, as, well, he's curious as to how that matches on tape. I don't know if it is on tape, but it sounds like a, a really interesting watch if it does ever come out. Wow, that does sound really great. I mean, I think people were pumped up for it for just from the jump, right? Just the idea of those two being – and that was free, right? Wasn't that a free yes. event? People can just show up? Oh, my God. Yeah, that had to be a spectacle. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, yeah, when you when you, um, when you you get a moment, send me some of those pictures because that's – I'm, I'm sure, I'll sure I'll see them online, but I just don't know if I want to hop on Twitter and see them. Um, yeah, it's um, – Oh man! Imagine that in, in the pouring rain, huh? So, so wait. I think the biggest takeaway of that is so he did do the rainmaker pose. Yes. So there's a, okay. a bit of chat online, a bit of buzz at the moment that this could be the beginning of his redemption arc. It's you know, it's very um, symbolic, isn't it? Being like having the rain washing away all his failure. And I'll send you a picture, but it reminds me a lot of the Shawshank Redemption ending where Andy Dufresne. Uh, finally breaks out of prison and the the pose is very similar to that so i'm sending that to the the whatsapp group if you've got your phone handy you could have a little look at that it's it could be very oh, iconic wow look at that yeah that does look like he did so joel sent over a pic um it's a it's a split screen between yeah the movie poster for uh the shawshank redemption and oh that's a wow that is a great shot whoever fucking took that is that's 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 wallpaper worthy um hey maybe it does remind me a little bit of um you know in a similar vein and i know that it is a i'm I'm speaking of japanese culture that i know dick all about but um it kind of reminds me of goto you know how he kind of did his cleansing and his um you know he you know under the waterfall and um by the way joel don't go chasing waterfalls stick to the you know give you a little tlc there tell me yeah, you know yeah TLC. I, I know this song Oh, thank go you. Go music God. Damon on me. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good song. That's not a bad song. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest, you know, that's not my wheelhouse, but I'll listen to Little Waterfalls. I'll, I'll tap my toes. I got a thing for left eye, I think. I think I'm a left eye kind of guy. Yeah. Anyway, I like a girl who'll burn down a house when she gets pissed off. <laughs> that's my kind of girl. Um, like a little, I, like a, I like a little, uh, like a little fire in her. Um, anywho, um, that's a great picture. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I, I need to see this match. I need to see this match immediately, if not sooner. Um, so whoever's whoever has the rights to that, get that shit up because I, I need to see that. It should be fun. Okay, uh, so a question from Angus McInnes at Alphonse zero zero seven nine. Who is your favorite native Japanese promo, uh, current slash all time? Uh, obviously, I haven't been watching that long, but my three favorites uh, Japanese promos at the moment would be Hiromu because he's just so wacky and wild. And I love him like doing the voice for uh, Belto-san and having the conversation with Trophy-san. Uh, I like Suzuki's promos. They're very menacing, very sinister. I like when he's threatening to kill people. And uh, Taguchi's promos, there's always something um, that you can screen cap and put on Twitter with him talking about his bum that will get lots of likes and retweets because he's a, a wacky guy. So how about you? Uh, current favorite or, or all-time favorite promos from Japanese guys? Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, again, I think the, the value of modern-day New Japan is the fact that we do have uh, those translations available that make it a little bit more uh, palatable to a, a Western ear. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think Hiromo is up there. Like, I, I'll never forget the, uh, you know, 
where he 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 won the junior belt and I, and I think it was Osprey who was challenging him and they're in the press conference and he freaks out <laughs> and everybody is kind of stone faced looking forward and he's just losing his mind and he runs out the fucking door. Um, that is great. You know, again, I'm always kind of partial. But to me, one of the greatest things and one of the, the greatest early memories I had of New Japan was um, like their backstage footage when um, they would interview wrestlers and, and interview people for shows. And like, the, like I like it when wrestlers can, can project – real human emotions, right? To me, that's always something that connects with me. Um, and especially when it when it's, what's the word? Like a, like a frailty to a certain degree. Um, and I always felt like Liger had that, right? When he would do his promos. It wasn't always like a cocky, I'm going to kick your ass kind of thing. Like that kind of gets old to me after a while. Um, there was one match, and it's, it was only on video, and it was Liger wrestling his, you know, one of his idols, Tatsumi Fujinami, in a one-on-one singles match. And what made that match, it was an okay match. It was pretty good, but it wasn't great. But what made that, and will always stick in my mind with this match, is the stuff that happened before. So it was him kind of backstage, and he's putting on his stuff, and he's taping his knee, and he's, and he's nervous, and he's, like, he's, like... You know, he's kind of leaning against the wall, and he's kind of shadow boxing the wall. And then there's another shot of him in two cords, two cold Scorpio, and it's him kind of talking and just showing like, like it means a lot, and it and it and it and it, like the moment is 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 important to him, and he doesn't want to fuck it up, and but and he's fighting his idols, and like that kind of stuff always sticks with me. So. Um, whenever somebody can can sort of make it as real as possible and, and again, have real human emotion and, as opposed to just scripted lines and, I don't know, it always it – always, I just feel like it, it connects with me much better. And I think Liger did a good job of that. Yeah, I totally agree because what we're used to with wrestling promos is one guy saying, oh, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to beat you. But I love that in New Japan, there is the space, the flexibility, the, the freedom for guys to express a bit of doubt or, or uncertainty or fear about an upcoming match. Um, one that's stuck in my mind was uh, Kota Ibushi during the New Japan Cup um, saying that he was disappointed that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. had beaten Naito because he would rather face Naito than Zack Sabre Jr. He was saying Zack was a bad stylistic matchup for him, which I found really refreshing. And, uh, of course, the recent promo from Juice Robinson. So there was the one he was talking about uh, mm. before. I mentioned that on last week's episode about the, the fireworks and the bald eagles, and he was super confident and a lot of buzz about that promo, and rightly so because it was excellent. But then the following night... He did a promo which was the complete opposite, and he was dejected and downcast. He was saying, "You know, I, I every time I get in a big title shot, I lose. So if I lose with uh, two working hands, how the hell am I going to beat Jay White with the uh, with only one working hand?" And um, expressing a lot of doubt. So you saw these promos. What, what do you think of those and, and Juice Robinson? Oh, I thought they were some of the best promos. I mean, again, the I think colorful language can can add to the realism because that's how people talk you know when especially when they're emotional about something um and 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 i'm guilty of that 
you know, this is this is. There's nothing more that I I do this show because I get this out, and I kind of talked about that many times. That this is this is almost like therapy for me. Um, and if and and to me, it's two guys at a pub, fucking having a couple a Guinness, and talking about pro wrestling, right? Um, and specifically New Japan. And you just happen to have a recorder, and you send it out to everybody to listen, right? And that's how I really, 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 really treat this. Because um, if I think of it as, as anything else, I just don't think it comes across as genuine. And Juice's promos were some of the most genuine, honest, professional wrestling promos that I've ever heard in, in my life. Um, another guy who used to be and still is and to me is, is Terry Funk, where he, he, you know, he, it's, it's true raw emotion. The, the one line that Juice said in his the, the most recent promo was, I sit in my, you know, I sit in my bed and I look at the, the ceiling, and, and people are like, the doctor's like, well, you know, do your best, Juice, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, do my best. I got a broken hand. How am I going to beat this guy? Um, that I don't know. That really connected with me um, because I think everybody does that. You know what I mean? You know when they when they have to go to work and be like, how the fuck am I going to get this project done? How am I going to, you know, that that's that's a true emotion that people have that people can connect with. Um, I think Juice right now. I'm hard pressed to find another a better interview. I really am. I think I, I I think he captures everything that there is good about being a babyface pro wrestler. Like people talk about Ricky Morton, how he sells and the sympathy. I don't think that that I think Juice does a better job talking, <laughs> you know, in getting the sympathy. Um, I I loved it. I, I I saw those two and I thought that they were world class interviews. Um, with honesty and and human emotion and 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 frailty frailty is that the word I'm looking for? Um, and just you know true actual emotion and not scripted hokey corny fucking robotic bullshit that unfortunately we've somewhat become accustomed to. Yeah, I totally agree. To me, Juice Robinson is very close to being the complete package. I, you know, he's already there. He can put brilliant matches. He, like you say, he. I think he's the top babyface in the world. Actually, for my money, uh, the wrestling is there. The promos are there. So really excited to see uh, how he does in the G1 and also his upcoming uh, US title match with one Switchblade Jay White. So I'm going to move on to Jay White. Uh, there was an access conference call with him a couple of days ago, and uh, John Carroll, who's a, another writer on. Voices of Wrestling, part of that conference call. Uh, they were part of that conference call and uh, they were kind enough to ask a couple of questions that I contributed. So I'll just read out the notes that uh, were taken from that conference call uh, on what he found most surprising about Japan after moving there. He said, everything's very rigid and no one is ever willing to break any rules. As examples, he noted trying to add an extra burger patty to a hamburger wasn't allowed because it wasn't on the menu. And one time at an all-you-can-eat yakiniku restaurant, they tried to go 50 minutes before close and weren't allowed. It's supposed to be all-you-can-eat for an hour and a half. And even though they offered to pay the same amount and just get 50 minutes instead, they were turned away. Uh, On what he likes most about Japan... Basically, just said that the people are incredibly nice and respectful. Uh, a friend of his lost his passport on a train and got it back extremely quickly. 
And uh, my question, one of them was on the role of factions in New Japan. He stands by what he said earlier in the year and how guys should be allowed to challenge for titles inside the faction and said he'd rather have people he gets on with, like Ishii or Yano challenging him than Juice or some Bullet Club guy. Um, my second question was if he's doing anything special to physically prepare for this, his first G1. He says he would if he actually had any time between shows, which he doesn't. Uh, like two days in Japan, two days in the UK, two days in San Francisco, etc. So he just tries to catch up on his sleep and train like normal. And Jordan mentions here that Jay came off super nice and humble, not really in character beyond a couple of little things here and there. Well, that's a great job. All right. So first, let's address the fact that... Um, Excellent job. Uh, that was John Carroll, right? Yes, yeah, John Carroll. Sorry, I, I mute myself when I'm not talking and because you usually ramble on for so long. Uh, <laughs> I was in a bit of a scramble there, like, ah, oh, i got to go and unmute myself. But <laughs> Sorry, you were going to the bathroom, my bad. Um, yeah, okay, great, all right, great job there. Um, uh, listen, I like the fact that uh, we, we, uh, we're, we're, we're important people in this uh, world of, of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast and uh, – you know, getting us the, that access is uh, very the nice. Slack from chat access. You've got to get so, in the Slack um, chat group. Here's the thing with the Slack chat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it out on the table. Like sometimes things like that overwhelm me, in the sense of there's too much information coming on, and then I bail out, right? And then like people know that about me, and I think that that even you kind of get wind of that of like. There, there's a long. Sometimes there's a long distance between me responding to texts, and I read everything, but it's just sometimes I just get a little bit overwhelmed. It gets a little bit, yeah. It's, it just, it just. I don't know what it is. I know. I just like to me, my fucking phone is my worst enemy. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. It really drives me. It puts me in bad spots. So, anywho, um, so that's the only thing I'm really worried about when it comes to that. Um, and I know I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because that's really the, my my major concern with that. Um, but it is a great resource, and and again, us getting access to that that those those pressers is important. It only helps the show and it helps the listeners kind of learn a little bit more about the product. So um, anytime that we can get that access is great, and I'm all in. And um, again, listen, I am a professional broadcaster. I do talk to, uh, you know, any major sports uh, personality in the United States that rolls through Philadelphia. I, I stuck a microphone in her face. So uh, I can ask the hard-hitting questions. I know I know how to conduct myself in a presser. I'm, uh, I'm there all the time. Um, that being said, um, I think Jay White, and again, I said this last week. Uh, I'm I'm more and more on board with what Jay White does, um, and and more getting into that character. And he, it's funny because even Juice addressed it, where he kind of felt the same way I did. It was like, okay, you know, he's like, he's 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 dark and gloomy now. Who scary? You're deep. Um, you're cutting things. Um, but yeah, I think he's become more and more. Um, his own and he's and he's making it his own so i would agree with that as well so uh, there's a good job there all right okay good job. and also we got a question from john asking how good is this little podcast called wrestling omakaze that i heard you mention last week and would you like to devote a weekly segment towards recapping the latest episode uh i've never heard of it so i can't really comment on that no no i'm joking of course it, it, it's yeah. a, it's a really good show it's one of the first ones i listen to when it comes out 
and I've been really enjoying the series that they've been doing recently with draft episodes. So the first one they did was a, a WWE NXT NJPW draft. They did a women's wrestling draft. They did a, last week, I think it was a, a UK and American Indies draft. They did a Japanese Indies draft. That was really good. And also there was a great post-Dominion episode where John had the former chikara wrestler gran akuma on the show who is uh, an excellent follow on twitter always has really good takes and uh, john and gran akuma broke down the dominion card uh, i was listening to that whilst walking around osaka so <clears throat> that's going to stick in my mind for a long time and following on from that we actually got a question from the man himself gran akuma asking uh, when is gran akuma weaseling his way onto the super j cast uh, I would love to get him on the show because he would definitely be able to bring something to the table. Uh, of course, as a former wrestler, he brings a very unique insight, unique perspective on that. So I want to wait until we have a, an event and a time worthy of him to really pick his brains about that. So maybe sometime during the G1, I, I'd certainly love to have Gran Akuma on the show. Yeah, I think, I think again, to pull back the curtain. Well, first uh, I'll address the, yeah, I mean, there's... I, Again, we're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and you know, so this might seem a little self-serving, but uh, I really think that there's not a bad show in the lot, right? I, I think across the board, it's it's, and, and we kind of say this, and it kind of goes, you know, as a little soundbite at the end of the show, but there is a a show for every taste, um, and and I think what I appreciate uh, from their show is that it's. You know, sometimes, and again, maybe we're guilty of it, and and other shows from a new Japan Pro Wrestling perspective are guilty of it. It can become a circle jerk, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, if you listen to that show, you know it. If, and correct me if I'm wrong, John's not the the, the biggest, you know, sp you know, sparklers on his nipples and you know, bald eagles flying out of his ass for 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 New Japan, right? Yeah, I, I've said um, they're and that's quite critical, but fair. It's not sort of right. burying it and for I, the sake of it. Right, right. And I think that's good and healthy because sometimes you get lost in, oh, this is great, seven stars. And, you know, there are things that can be improved and there are things that maybe you kind of, it's again, it's a fresh perspective that you don't necessarily get in in sometimes, right? So, and again, I don't agree with everything, but um, I think it's, 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 it's good to have that, that opinion. Um, and, and to hear that opinion. So no, I think it's, I think they do a great job, uh, but I don't think there's a bad show on that network. So, um, you know, I, I listen to a, a lot of them. Um, I, you know, I, I think <laughs> I use them to kind of follow the stuff that I don't have time to watch, to be truthful. You know, I catch up and, 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 and I don't watch a lot of WWE, but I'll listen to shake them ropes. Right. Um, I just, I, I, I find I find the whole network just fun and and again different takes. So there there there's that. When 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 will he be on the show? Well, if we pull back the curtain a little bit, I know that we've discussed briefly and and again one of our goals is to kind of get more people involved in not only this show but um to, to kind of like I like I'm a big fan of the cross promotion and I think G1 is a nice time for that. So having a, a third mic is is something that we've talked about just you know for certain shows and certain segments um so yeah i think i think it, it'll be sooner than later um and 
you know, I think we'll be reaching out to a lot of people to kind of say, hey, we're going to talk some G1 for a little bit. Why don't you hop on? Um, really, it's just more of a technology thing. We just got to figure out how that can be done. Um, I have a mixer. I have all this equipment. But honestly, I don't really know a lot about the mix minuses and making sure people can hear themselves and not hear themselves and all that nonsense. So once we have that sorted out, really, it'll just be a matter of, hey, getting the people on. So uh, it'll be sooner than later. Okay, um, let's get down to business. We've got a couple of business questions here. Uh, Stefano Mano at Steve's underscore 12 says... Do you guys believe WWE's potential relationship with Noah is a retaliatory move against NJPW for trying to make a splash in North America? And what are the potential outcomes from this Noah deal? And a, a question on this similar topic coming at from a different angle at Musa underscore E underscore Pestana. Uh, so firstly, good luck to England. Well, thank you for that. Uh, just watched Dunn and Wolfgang yesterday for Singapore Pro Wrestling. With WWE planning for an NXT UK, thoughts on WWE having something similar for Japan? a Japan Championship tournament or NXT Japan, or will it be more like a collaboration similar to New Japan and Ring of Honor? Thanks. So your take, Damon, on what's going on with WWE and NOAA and the potential implications this might have for wrestling in Japan? Well, I think it come, boils down to one question. I mean, is it a long-term partnership or is it just a one-off deal? Um, I know the, the, the Kenta... Um, and him working, um, was it Marafuji's anniversary show or something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. I mean, it really depends on if that is a an ongoing thing. Um, now I, I I say this with no disrespect to those people that are Noah fans, and and it's not. But it's not like there's a massive talent pool that that WWE is is drawing from. When it comes to Noah, right? It's 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 a vehicle. If if there is a relationship, it's a vehicle for them to get in with a promotion that already has a a a brand name in in Japan. But I mean, you know, Noah's has has crowds, and from what I'm understanding, that are improving, right? But it's not like they're you know filling twelve thousand, fifteen thousand seat arenas. Um. Do I think it's a retaliation thing? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I don't. And the, and, and, and the only thing that I could possibly think of is, you know, th- they're using that that brand name that's not that massive anymore. It's not like this is, you know, 1999, 2000, 2001. It's, it's not that – it's not the same. So I, I, I can't imagine it being for that reason. And I'm, and I'm struggling to figure out why – People would think that that's that would be a retaliation thing for New Japan. Yeah, I just thinking of historically how Vince McMahon does business. Uh, this is a bit of a worry because he seems to be looking at whole countries now as territories to take over. So I do uh, fear that this is is going to turn into something like NXT Japan, like maybe a home base to uh, to supply wrestlers for WWE. And this could be quite damaging for the smaller wrestling promotions in Japan. I think NJPW will probably be fine because they've got good financial backing. They've got Bushiro behind them who have quite a bit of financial muscle. But you worry about your smaller promotions like, you know, all Japans and your DDTs. uh, If you have uh, a WWE center there, that's hoovering up all the local talent. Uh, Even the, the Joshi promotions because 
they seem seemingly taking an interest in uh, female uh, Japanese wrestlers. So again, that could spell trouble for your Tokyo Joshi Pros and your Stardoms and companies like that. The only the only leg up that the WWE has in Japan than those promotions that you mentioned really is financial backing, right? So they can write a bigger check. So if you're a a, a pro wrestler in in Japan and you're starting out working the indies and you have the opportunity to make a little bit more money, then yeah, okay, that's 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 going to be a challenge for those smaller promotions. But truth be told, it's not like you're Pete Dunne or you're you know, Will Osprey I can't. Will Osprey's a bad example. Um, I don't know. You know, your your Finn Balor or whomever, and you live in the UK, um, and you watch the WWE product, and you've grown up with the WWE product. Yeah, your eyes are on that prize because. But that's not a a sixteen, seventeen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old in Japan, right? The the, the WWE is not really on their radar so much. They know they're the biggest promotion in the world, and they see the, the, the success that an Asuka or Nakamura has had. Um, but, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that it's the same type of goals. To me, and again, I could be dead wrong, but the goal would be a New Japan because they're the biggest company in Japan. And I think the WWE, is, it, it, this is not in, in, in England. Right, where I think it's so much easier for them to come in and be like, "Okay, we're going to start a promotion here in the UK." Um, okay, well, you're, you're you're talking about people who are very familiar with that product and very familiar with the style of pro wrestling and very familiar with, you know, the history of. Whereas a, a 15, 16, 17 year old, you really got to be a hardcore wrestling fan to you know know who the fuck Brutus Beefcake is, right? <laughs> it's just it's just not on their radar. So again, the biggest problem is is that they're coming in with the with the biggest checkbook, um, and and that's going to be the challenge. Um, is how how does a smaller promotion compete? Now, with that being said, I think that there will always be smaller promotions, just like there will be all you know. There's big corporate music, and there's always going to be the do-it-yourself punk band that's going to be out there playing. So um, I'm not worried so much about that. It's more of you know, and I think even even I think Joel the the idea of this this worldwide superstar WWE thing it it's it might not be as important to a a independent Japanese pro wrestler as some might think. Yeah, it's you know they are luring away talent, but it's not like it's it's in it's you know people are flocking to go to WWE. Um. And I just don't think that they have that that stranglehold in Japan that they do in you know England and 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 Ireland and in um, Scotland and you know even you know other European countries. I just I just don't think they have that foothold um, and that history that they do there that they would in Japan. Okay. Um- on a similar lines, uh, Emilio Hernandez asked, do you see the new WWE TV deal being a bad thing for wrestling on the independent level? Mm, the one that they just signed with Fox? Yes. No. Um, no, I don't necessarily think that's a, going to be a bad thing for, for independents. Um, 
in the U.S. The, the I mean, the problem is again is is the is the the checkbook and and the idea of making as much money as you can. Look, not for nothing. I hate I hate to be this guy, but the minute uh, Shinsuke Nakamura showed up on NXT, he became you know more famous in the wrestling world than than he ever had. Just in that moment, more eyeballs saw him, and that's really the 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 idea behind what WWE promises to to New Japan. Now, here's the thing: is is New Japan breathing down their neck? I'm going to be honest with you. I really feel like they are, and people could could kind of scoff at that. But when you're talking about big buildings on the East Coast, that's that 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 woke people up. That 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 open some eyeballs in, uh, at uh, WWE Towers in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, and I think All In did as well. I think All In as well. When you start filling up arenas as opposed to 3,000-seat uh, buildings, 2,000-seat buildings, when you start talking about arenas, that wakes people up. Um, and uh, I think that's that's been done. So, um the idea that the WWE is the only place you can go, I think that's rapidly changing. I think that there's, I I really think that there's there are there are negotiations as we speak, and again, small changes, you know, usually lots of small changes usually lead to a big, you know, house of cards falling. And I think, you know, that that house of cards is the, it's swaying in the wind as as we speak. Yeah, you just need to look at the situation with Madison Square Garden where uh, ROH were trying to book a show there, which obviously would have featured uh, New Japan talent and WWE. They're very quick to swoop in there and stop that from happening. And now we're facing the possibility of a, a protracted legal battle between Sinclair and WWE, which is hilarious. Like, I, I would love for that to happen. Both companies just destroy each other. Um, but yeah, it's... I agree with you. It seems that they're a bit shook. Yeah, it's um I'm I again I remember back shows and shows and shows ago where I talked about how New Japan was looking for East Coast and you know the word on the street was East Coast, East Coast. And I knew that they had the East Coast and they had ideas planned when I went to Long Beach the first time. So um, I, I knew that the, not necessarily it was Madison Square Garden, um, not necessarily that it was you know ha, you know it was bigger than Hammerstein. I know that that they were they, that they wanted to run, um, and you know with the announcement of Mania being in the New York market and everything there, those kind of things got re reenergized. Those thoughts and those plans kind of picked back up again. Um, yeah. That's that. I think that's a significant thing. And again, that's that's WWE's business practice of if you get to a certain level, it's time to you know dig, you know, try and squash that down. Um, WWE's in full squash down mode. <laughs> They're in full squash down mode um, because the idea of them running Madison Square Garden, New York City, big time, big time spotlight the day before WrestleMania. Um, on a show that you know would be loaded with New Japan talent, um, that's that's a scary thought because you that that building would be packed. That building would be packed. We know it. They know it. And and they 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 struggled to make sure that Madison Square Garden pulled the plug on that one. 
Yeah, so uh, sticking with that theme of uh, New Japan on the rise, Tyler Fornes at The Real Fauna asks, with NJPW entering the US marketplace, what kind of TV deal is realistic? Weekly TV like WWE doesn't suit the New Japan schedule, but it seems as good a TV deal would massively help expansion. The challenge is, is that, again, the WWE has has networks paying them for TV rights. And I can't, really see like 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 nobody's paying ring of honor for tv rights you know what i mean well, they, well sinclair especially then they don't have to but um you know it's that they're the, they're the only ones right <laughs> so you know I, I can't see a huge money making deal for new japan for a tv deal in the states because um you know, even the access TV deal that they have right now, New Japan is not <laughs> raking it in by any stretch of the imagination for that. Um, I, I really don't even. I mean, it could be so so low as a break even, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I so that's that might be tough. Now, again, you sell out Madison Square Garden to a casual person who doesn't really understand pro wrestling and the landscape. All you have to do is say, hey, why don't you come to this event and see how hot our product is? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, and I forget where I, I necessarily heard this, and this wasn't firsthand, mind you. But, you know, the whole Hot Topic thing was they brought the people from Hot Topic down to main, and they saw all the fucking Bullet Club t-shirts and all the Bullet Club paraphernalia and all the, you know, and we're like, okay, we need to get in on this because obviously we, we can make a buck or two. If you take a TV executive, or you take you know you know uh, a producer, whatever the case may be, or a network uh, executive again, um, to that show at Madison fucking Square Garden in front of fifteen thousand people, ravenous New Japan fans who would be ravenous, they they would be out of their fucking skull because they'd be just as excited as the workers in the building. They would be fucking thrilled, right? That's going to be a hot crowd. You mean to tell me that a, a TV executive is not going to look at that and be like, well, this is a hot fucking product and let's do, do, do some investment here because I think I can make some money off of this. That's what WWE is most afraid of. It's not the building being sold out. It's not the fucking uh, uh, you know, event being t- – it's not the single event. It's the ramifications of what a sold-out New York City Madison Square Garden event would look like. To a TV executive or somebody investing more money in a product that they can say, hey, what the fuck? I can make a buck off of this. That's what they're scared of. Not the event. It's the ramifications afterward. Why am I yelling? <laughs> well, I'm about to start yelling in a minute. It's uh, it's time to move on to discuss uh, Kenneth Jerome Omega. Mm. <sighs> All right. So strap yourselves in. It started with some comments made by Kenny after the Dominion show. So he said, I mean, I'm Canadian. I'm not native Japanese, but I represent New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is very much my home. Actually, the truth being told, I was born in Canada, but I'm actually kind of an actual resident of Japan now. So I'm kind of a real Japanese. I want all of us to get stronger. We need to be stronger. We need to prepare for these outside challenges. And I think it's pretty cool that three Canadians now hold three titles in New Japan. I think it's even cooler that two people from Winnipeg hold the top, two top titles in New Japan. But I'm serving this as a warning to all of the domestic talent in New Japan. You guys have to step up your game because right now you are not at our level. And I don't mean that as a negative comment. I want everyone to do their best. I'm just saying that we need to do the best that we can and that what you're doing right now isn't enough. 
So some people took exception to this. Uh, they thought it was uh, problematic, um, perhaps even racist. So they had issues with the way that Kenny Omega was uh, drawing a line in the sand there between the Japanese talent and the foreign talent. So Omega responded to that. He, he made comments uh, on a, a conference call recently. He said, I've heard people overreact. Oh, Kenny, you're racist. What's funny about that is the general feedback from the Japanese community is, Kenny, you're right. These comments were sort of kayfabe. You don't see how hard everyone is working, but I do. I see it every time I go to the gym. The gym is myself, Michael Elgin, Juice Robinson. It's all the foreigners. You never see the Japanese talent at the gym with the exception of a couple guys. When you're looking at guys eating food and dieting, thinking outside the box for something new and exciting for the brand, most of the time it's the foreigners. I'm not saying this is a racial thing whatsoever. It is what it is. The guys that are absolutely killing it right now are foreigners. Why is that? And then he later said that it seems the talent from Japan is content with waiting for their turn and he doesn't want anyone to be a turn waiter and wants everyone in NJPW to do well. So obviously there was a lot of controversy about this. Um, some people getting upset with it. Um, there was a, a, a Twitter user goes by the name Simpsons reference at Effing Boring who, who came up with uh, an amazing Golden Lovers gift thread a, a few months ago, which was really popular. Um, who expressed some reservations about that. Um, basically, they said, uh, hey, man, that could sound racist to Westerners, and I think that's bad. And then subsequently, they had to leave the internet for about four days because of people replying hatefully to their comments. Um, and they said, if thoughtful concern gets hate, that needs unpacking. So there's a lot of issues here. Um, from what I understand, some Japanese people were upset by it. There was a, a whole article online by a, a Japanese person who was so shocked that they were wondering if it was a mistranslation because they couldn't believe that Kenny Omega would say something like that. And apparently if you know how to search social media in Japanese, there, there are Japanese people who are a bit concerned about what he said. And to me, that's an issue. We can't just hand wave that or dismiss everyone who had an issue with it. And people saying, oh, it's, it's a work you marks. That's reductive. That's not helpful. And I also don't buy the line of argument that says, oh, it's just heel heat because saying, that doesn't give you a pass to be a bigot. And I'm not saying Kenny's a bigot. He clearly isn't. I don't think he's a racist. But heel heat doesn't automatically make it okay for you to say whatever you want. Like if you want heel heat, you've got to try hard. You've got to be creative. You need to think of ways to get booed without saying things that are going to genuinely upset people for non-wrestling related reasons. I mean, you look at a guy in NXT like Tommaso Ciampa. That's good heel heat. Going out and, I don't know, for example, calling somebody a faggot, that's bad heel heat. So... People who are saying things like, oh, if you think Kenny is racist, then blah, 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 blah. That's in the same boat for me. It's, it's a straw man argument because nobody I saw is suggesting that Kenny Omega is a racist. But what they're saying is that the things that he said were problematic. And I don't think it's unfair to say that he might have been better off phrasing that more carefully. So I asked this question on Twitter in good faith because I really respect the views of our listeners. I wanted their takes. And most people said they didn't feel it was racist and were respectful in their comments. But some of the responses I got on Twitter just by simply asking this question without leaning one way or the other were quite hysterical you, you can go and have a look for yourself comments like you lunatic uh, delete your account GTFO of wrestling be better and apologize which is just pathetic and it's worth pointing out that these are, are not followers these are people who are just wandering into the mentions and I mean to me these anti-social justice warrior people they're incredibly sensitive there's so much so that even just asking this question has really upset them so does that mean that I should stop asking questions if I'm pissing people off? And 
I was thinking about this a lot today and I saw a thread by um, a guy called Gary Butterfield who does a video game podcast that I really enjoy. Um, he was talking about a different topic. This is actually about um, a Simpsons podcast, uh, Talking Simpsons, that were dealing with an episode called Much Upu About Nothing and were criticising that and they got some complaints. They even lost a few patrons over that. But Gary Butterfield had this to say about it. He said, you're actually gaining a lot when you lose people in these situations. It's a sign you're on the right track. Time and time again, the quote unquote, I'm neutral and just want to talk about pop culture people have turned out to be trashed. This isn't a coincidence. I can tell when we're doing good work, when we get our exit surveys that say, oh, two SJW for me or similar. As a creator, be your complete best self and you'll attract the best people. The plate spinning of keeping everyone happy is not worth it. And in thinking about people who say, oh, I don't have a lot of time uh, that people say, I, I, I listen or I watch this to get away from the news. I don't want to hear about it. No one's asking you to watch John Oliver or even the news. They're asking you to make space for your creators to be holistically human. If you really appreciate someone's work, you should respect them enough to allow them to express themselves on a wide variety of topics. And if that means one episode out of 20 or 10 minutes out of two hours, that isn't precisely to your taste, maybe deal with it. Um, whenever I hear I such and such to escape I think my dude always a dude we are actually in this this I'm motioning to everything that's happening in reality all the time every day every week forever is happening you can't pretend it isn't but you can't expect me to so that's where I stand at the moment I mean I've got my own political views Damon and I'll never come on here and foist them onto others but if I can't even ask a question on Twitter then there's a real problem I never usually approach a controversial issue by charging in with a, a sizzling hot take and burying anyone who disagrees. I'm the sort of person I like to ask a question, hear the opinions of our listeners, because really we've got some great, great listeners. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Most of the people on that thread contributed with some really thoughtful, reasonable takes. So I'm not asking, uh, I'm not going to stop asking those questions because of a handful of dickheads. Um, I want to create a space where two people who've got completely opposing viewpoints can come and respectfully share their opinions. And even if they still disagree, that's okay, that's fine. But they leave that encounter a little bit wiser. So I think it would be disingenuous for us not to discuss this issue. And if we ignored it, our listeners would rightly be disappointed. And if I withheld my own take on it, I think listeners would be disappointed. So if you're listening to this and you're getting upset by me asking a question and giving my opinion on it, then go and listen to something else. There, there are plenty of great NJPW podcasts out there and this is going to happen again other controversial issues will come up I will ask questions I will offer my opinions and I, I appreciate most of the people are here because of the fan base that you Damon you and Colin built up with the Purocast I, I do understand that but as a co-host of this show with a 50% stake in it I'm not going to censor myself to avoid rustling the jimmies of people that quite frankly speaking I don't want to have as listeners so you might disagree with my takes that's fine but please be respectful if if you think I'm totally out to lunch on something, that's fine. That's great. Come and explain why you think I'm wrong. I will listen to it. But if you're going to be a dickhead about it, then you're getting blocked. There will be no Twitter Chris deep dives for you. There will be no excellent Joel memes for you. And I'm really proud, Damon, of what we're creating here. I'm proud of the high quality listenership we're cultivating. I'm not going to dumb that down. I love the interactivity of the Super J cast, which is why I run the Twitter and I love getting listener questions. I love hearing your opinions, even if I might disagree with them, but I'll never dismiss them out of hand if you put them across respectfully. Thank you. <laughs> uh, look, I can't agree more. Um, I, I, I can't agree more. You, 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 listen, you have the guts to do that. 
right? And that's and and I respect that out of you to to make that happen. There's no there's no gray area for me on that. Um, there's I, there's nothing wrong wrong with disagreeing. There's nothing wrong with asking questions that that can be asked. Um, I, I to me uh, this is not weird ground, but it's like ground that I look. I I think people are. I truly believe that you are a product of all of your life experiences to date, right? That's who you are right now. You are a product of everything that has happened in your life to right now. And that's who you are, and that's your your personality, and that's your thought process, and that's what makes you who you are, and which is great. That that's that's important. And people have different life experiences. And as, a, as my life experiences may not be what somebody else's life experiences are. Um, and I think that's, that's really a, a problem in people just acknowledging that, that my life experience isn't going to be the same as somebody else's. And, and I'll, you know, look, let's, let's be truthful. I'll never know and I'll never feel racism. I'm a white guy in his 40s, right? I'm the I'm I'm the perfect you know finger point that, you know, he's the problem guy, right? And and I I I know that that that, that that's the feeling for a lot of people, right? And but I'll never know what it's like to to have you know, I'm I'm not going to feel racism. I'm not going to feel it. It's just it's just a fact. Right? It's just I, I'm, I'm never going to go to experience what that feels like. And, and I think that's an important thing to recognize. Um, in the same breath, a person might not experience their child having autism, right? Or they might not experience other things in life that aren't necessarily positive, right? Whether it be discrimination for, for, um, their sexual preference or their race or their whatever. So, you know, when people get upset over people getting upset, I, I kind of think like, you know, you don't know where they're coming from. And, and maybe they are a little bit more sensitive to those issues because they live it or they experience it or they're knee deep in it. And, you know, just like the guy at work who's like, oh, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, I can't go to the autism walk, right? I, you know, I gave, you know, because maybe that's not in your, that's not in your world, right? And what makes the world, I know this is getting really deep, but to me, what makes the world a better place is when people start to acknowledge that people have different experiences. Even though people are all the same and all that, well, people are the same to a certain degree, but they're really, you know, they're, they they go through different things and they have different issues and they have different different points of focus. Um, are there people in the wrestling community that would take those comments as Whoa, what what the fuck? Yeah, and there might be another person that might say, well, what the fuck is this person getting so upset about? It's just a heel interview and it's just a you know and and you know what? It's truthful because they have all the belts and they have all the titles and that's all that's all he's saying. That's and then he's building a program and. 
and he lives in Japan, and he, he there's no one that is, has embraced the culture more than Kenny Omega and Bubba. So they 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 question it, and they challenge they challenge the challenging of it as preposterous and and hand wave it, and like that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard because it's, because again it might not be on their radar, and they might not be as sensitive to it as somebody who maybe goes through it a lot more than that person. Um, so I guess in the in the end. All that I would ask is just I don't have a problem with people disagreeing. I have a problem with people being assholes. That's really it. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I, 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 that's unacceptable to me. Like, like you can have a difference of opinion. I think there's a, there's a common denominator in, in treating people well and treating people as you would want to be treated, no matter who they are. And then it kind of goes from there. Um, and I think the more people that understand what other people go through would make the world a little bit of a better place. Um, th- that's my soapbox. Uh, and when it comes to Kenny, o- the Kenny Omega, I do not think he is racist in, in – in, I don't think he has a threat of it. I really don't. I, 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 and I don't know him. For all I know, he could have you – know, he could be the most racist person in his, in his living room you know, fucking playing video games. I, I find that very, very, very difficult to believe in my eyes from all the history that I've seen of Kenny Omega. Um, I, th- I, think, I, I think it's a stretch to, to call a Kenny o- Omega a racist. Um, I think his comments, um, to me, they, it, it, it felt like a pro wrestling thing and a, and, a, and a rallying cry kind of thing for the locker room. Um, but again... I'm not going to hand wave someone that says, "Hey, you know what? They, that seems a little bit insensitive to me, and that seems a little bit, you know, that's that's those comments struck a nerve with me on on that regard." I, I, I'm not going to hand wave that because, again, people have different experiences in their lives. So, um, and I think it's wrong for people to hand wave that. So that's that's where I'll go with that. All right, how's that? How's that for a hot take? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, he also had some comments about Tetsuya Naito. Uh, he said Naito is in a way sort of a pseudo Stone Cold Steve Austin, an anti-hero-esque character, and I really don't appreciate his message, and I think it really only works in Japan. In Japan, people work 12, 14, 15, 16-hour days, and a lot of them live very rough lives. And it's easier to fit in rather than to rock the boat. And Naito's message is simply, uh, rather than trying to follow your dreams, rather than trying to strive for something more than that, just calm down, just don't worry about it, just don't care. And I think that message in general really only has life in Japan. When you're trying to be a worldwide company you can't make this guy the face of your company because not many people on a worldwide scale are going to get behind that it's not really a positive message i don't like it i think it's stupid and i mean even as a general act lij is just rinse wash and repeat sure they're talented sure they're great sure they have a certain type of charisma but they're very very local and it's not the worldwide image that i think new japan is looking for sure they're assets we can use them they're very niche rather than a group that has a huge outreach so that's what he had to say about naito and i mean but that's yeah, a pro wrestling. That's exactly. a pro wrestling. He's got his first that, match. To me, that's a pro wrestling against Tetsuya Naito. Right. I mean, look. I mean, I think that's. I mean, we know the popularity of, of Naito, right? There's. I mean, especially in North America, right? I mean, they. That's 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 a pro wrestling interview right there. That's. I have. I have zilcho zero. Nothing. That's that's that to me. That's a pro wrestling interview. Um. You know that, and that's my perspective of it. <laughs> I, there's, see, now here's the thing. Here's what I, here's what I worry about, though. For every pro wrestling interview, now do I gotta put it through a filter? 
Do I got to put that through a fucking filter now? In what sense? In, is, is, is this offensive? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. But what I would say is if people... Okay, but, okay, but let me ask you this. So now that interview where he basically calls out, you know, and basically says that's, you know, uh, he's, he's basically telling him that, you know, this is not how the Japanese culture is. But he's not Japanese, right? He's a Canadian living in, in Japan. Well, he right? says he's Japanese. Um, okay, fine. And if he, that's how, what he identifies as, and he, and he certainly can. He's a, he's a citizen of the country at this point, right? Um, he lives there, has a citizenship. Um, look, I mean, again, people might be offended by that, right? Could people be? Could people? Be offended by that. I haven't seen anyone be offended. My, my stance is if if there okay. are people that uh, we know, you know, followers, friends, stuff like that, who are getting offended by it, then it's worth having that conversation. It's not necessarily to say that they're right or wrong, but listen to people. Yes, yes. But again, again, I, I don't, you know, like, I, and again, I just sat here and talked about different life experiences and different whatever, but, you know, I also subscribe to the to the notion that just because you're offended doesn't mean you're wrong or you're right. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Right? It's not about people being right or wrong here. Okay, right. I think the conversation. Okay, that that we're, we're on yeah, the same. Yeah, I, I just right, really right. want your thoughts on about the the viability of Naito's gimmick and Lij overall outside of Japan. Again, that was a question from uh, Nicole Rado. Um, he said he's got a point regarding the message being sent. She actually digs Naito and Lij, but admit that her overall worldview is rather bleak. So, what do you think about the international viability of that whole gimmick? Nah, I think he's he comes across as a guy. Listen, you don't give a fuck, right? He doesn't care about the structure of a company. He doesn't care about all that other stuff. He cares about his pack of people. He cares about his friends. He cares about, um, you know, he that's that's what he cares about. Because because in his mind. He's been fucked over so many times that, you know, fuck you. Now it's, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to win my matches. Go fuck yourself. Um, and that's what's appealing to people, um, that 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 attitude. Um, and I think that translates. Here's the thing. I think that translates more than Kenny Omega does sometimes, right? I think that 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 translates to a wider audience of, yeah, who gives a fuck? A little bit more than then even maybe even a Kenny Omega might translate. So, um, no, I think I think worldwide, uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, I, th- I think Naito's popularity is there, and and for that very reason. Yeah, there was an interesting comment from uh, David Bixenspan on Twitter that Japanese wrestlers have historically been taught not to do bodybuilding training. Uh, the training that they do in the dojos over there is more about building their stamina. So when you get guys like Katsuya Kitamura, they're the exception rather than the rule, and that's why they they tend to stand out a bit more. Um, but it was interesting enough, the comments about Naito um, at Corpse Captain pointed out that uh, Bushi has a diary entry where he mentions dragging Naito back to the hospital three times after his knee surgery because Naito kept escaping to go to the gym at 3 a.m. He always goes to the gym at 3 a.m. apparently, so maybe that's why Kenny never sees him down the gym. Um, a question from at Stu on who do you think Kenny is facing at King of Pro Wrestling? Uh, are we building to a Naito match? Uh, feuds, also possibly Ibushi. Uh, I was having this discussion with Nicole Rado. Um, we were thinking that the story coming out uh, of an Ibushi win at the G1 uh, being that Kenny's good enough for the belt, but he still can't compete with Ibushi. So a potential Wrestle Kingdom matchup is where Omega finally gets that win. 
you know, there's a story that Kenny's only got the belt because Ibushi has stepped aside or maybe he's been forgotten, lost in the shuffle with his whole storyline uh, to let Kenny have that moment. And that would also play into the overall story of Kenny, uh, the comments that he made saying that the homegrown talent is lagging behind um, and he gets destroyed in the G1 final by uh, the one dude that he knows in his heart of hearts has never phoned it in, the man who has his own personal dojo. So uh, what, what do you say to that about uh, Kenny's possible uh, title defense at King of Pro Wrestling? Yeah, I, I mean, that's. I think there's a couple different ways you can go with that, right? Um, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I would hope all this controversy and all this uh, scuttlebutt leads to to an eventual, eventual blow off, um, and it does feel that Naito is in that mix. Um. Yeah, I, I would I would probably lean in that direction, Naito, right? Um, I just think there's just I mean this G one, it really has me puzzled. It really has me, and that and that, that's exciting to me. They could go in a million different directions. I mean, listen, they could. They, I I already heard about um, Omega talking about you know the, the next Okada match. So you got to think that's going to happen too. <sighs> a gun to my head right now, I say it's Naito at, at King of Pro Wrestling. That's 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 what I would go with. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is all building to Naito getting a win over him in, in their first G1 match and then getting that title shot at King of Pro Wrestling. Do you think he wins, Naito? Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Kind of feels like he almost has to, doesn't it? What wins the belt of him at King of Pro Wrestling? I mean, he's lost more than he's won in these big matches, right? I mean, the, the biggest win he's, he had is was that Intercontinental title win. I guess it depends where you're going for uh, Tokyo Dome. If you are in the Omega Ibushi camp, then Kenny retains. If you're in the Okada Naito camp, then Naito's going to win and Okada wins the G1. But I, I guess... Gun to your head, which one are they going with? What gun right now here in in June, late June, which one are they going with? You think? <sighs> right, but isn't that great? Like, because here's the thing: for years, it's you could all you could you could you could see the tea leaves, you could read them, and you kind of know where they were. Like, I really feel like this year, I have no fucking idea. Like they 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 have. Three that they could they could they could they could go to, and three of them would be magic. I was saying that one thing that really excites me about the G one this year is the fact that it's so unpredictable. I've got no idea who's going to get to the final. I've made my predictions, but you could take you know at least four guys on either block who uh, you wouldn't put it past them to get to the final. So it's great that we have no idea. Right, but gun to your head right now. Joel, what are we doing? What are we doing at the dome? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Ibushi Omega. Me too. I really do. I really feel like that's the way that they're going. And and why not? Go for it. Put your fucking chips in. You don't. You don't. You don't win by pussyfooting around, right? You win by taking a chance. And and even though it's not that big of a fucking chance, to be honest with you. It's a chance to put those two guys as your main event at the Tokyo Dome. It is a chance, right? It's not Okada. It's not Tanahashi. It's not. That's a chance. Let's, let's fucking go for it. 
Give it a shot. Let's let's do this. That's 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 where I would go. There were some really interesting comments coming out of a, a couple of interviews that Kenny's done this week. He was on the X-Pac podcast, which was a really good listen. Uh, and he was saying that he and Okada tried to make every one of the three falls different. Uh, he wanted it to be three different matches, basically. He said he's got two big new ideas for a potential uh, fifth match between them. Uh, he was amazed by the amount of WWE support for his E3 match. Um, he's got warm memories about promos and matches in Deep South. Um, he's been promoting the CEO NJPW event, which we'll talk about in a bit. We'll have a look at the card there. Um, looking forward to working with Cody again. He wants this match not only to be technical, but with more use of Cody's character and his talking. He wants to show the human part of wrestling. Uh, both him and Ibushi think that it was too soon for their match in the G1, but Gado begged them to do it, so they accepted. it. Um, also, they're not going to go as crazy as they did in 2012. He wants to face Naito and Tanahashi for the championship. Um, Tanahashi hates Kenny in real life, but they both love hating each other because of differences in their styles. Uh, Vader, funnily enough, was a man to help Kenny get legal work in Japan. Uh, Kenny's got some side projects in Japan. He considers Japan his home in many things besides wrestling. He states himself as a resident of the country. He would love to see some new guys from other promotions in the G1. He said he would love to face Shuji Ishikawa, which would be an awesome match. I would love to see that. Um, talking about the elite breakdown story, he and Matt didn't meet up except for their matches during the feud to keep it real. And it was very a touching moment for Kenny when he hugged Matt after Dominion. Um, and expat praised this way of storytelling. Uh, he was also had a, a really interesting interview in Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, now, this is interesting. Gado actually stopped the Golden Lovers storyline because he wanted another Osaka Joe Hall sellout for Dominion. Uh, so Kenny had been putting on weight to be the powerhouse of the Golden Lovers. But then after he was told he was going to face Okada again, it meant that he had to lose that weight immediately. He purposely had Ibushi bring a towel as a red herring. Uh, Okada came up with a flash pin for the first fall. Uh, doing fewer rainmakers, that was intentional. And he considers Okada to be the best wrestler in the world. But he says that he himself is the best performer. And he dropped a hint that Gato didn't go through with Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 12 because he thought Naito would cool off immediately afterwards. So instead he went with the Okada record-breaking story. He really wants a match with Tanahashi for the IWGP title. And he had dinner with Harold May, who told him that uh, his, his Kenny's match with Ibushi in 2008 made him a fan. So uh, did you hear either of these interviews? Any, any takes on the information that came out of those? Sadly, I did not. But now it, it feels like I, I want to kind of get in on that because it sounds like a real good interview um i i, I you know I, I remember him talking about gato what he's been pining away at, at the abushi omega stuff for for quite a while and and i know that they were putting the brakes on it um because they didn't feel like it was it was a a good you know way to do it they just didn't want to have a match to have a match um so you know, I, I think kind of waiting and stretching it out a little bit is, you know, takes patience and takes, uh, especially for the fans, because the fans were have been clamoring for it for the longest time. Um, look, I think he's a smart guy. I think I really think he has a vision, you know, and I think he has a an idea of what he wants this to be, and and he's in a position where he can kind of move those pawns to where he wants it to be um and that's i mean i mean there's not a lot of people in pro wrestling that even in the history of pro wrestling that can say that they have that power to be able to do that um 
whether you agree with that or not, whether you agree with his vision and and, and whether you agree that you know it feels self-serving and or, or, you know it, he's in that position. He's 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 earned that right to be that guy. Um, uh, I like the. F- Let me ask you this though. Um, are you there? I did see some stuff online when it came to our our new what, what do they call him? Uh, new daddy. Yeah, new dad Harold. <laughs> new dad. New dad Harold. Uh, what do you think? New dad Harold is going to be a very hands-on president. And it, 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 I mean, again, I don't think he's going to turn into fucking Dixie Carter. But do you? Do you see him being a little bit more in front of the camera than we're used to? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, the appearance at Dominion, you know, with a little video at the, at the beginning and him running into the ring and doing that interview and, and getting the, the tracksuit uh, is probably a sign of more to come. I think he does want to be, uh, you know, the, the business face of the company. And that could well be one of the reasons they gave him that job in the first place. How does that make you feel? Uh, I've got mixed feelings about it. I mean, I, I'm confident he, his track record speaks for itself. I think he's going to do a, a good job, but I don't necessarily think that New Japan needs someone like that to, to speak up for them. I think the product speaks for itself. I do too. I don't want, like, my worst nightmare is seeing him come to the ring with a microphone and be like, no, 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 this match is going to be a three-way. No, I don't think he'd do that. I I hope not. Again, I think that video package and, you know, him hitting the ring and that, he he got to play pro wrestler for a night, right? He got to play pro wrestler for a night and, and maybe he lived out a couple fantasies and, you know, okay, great. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I did see some talk of 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 you know concern, and I, and I don't want that to be because that's the last thing I would want this to be. I'd l- be behind the scenes, be improve the business, have it grow. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see him be in front of a camera. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I don't think we will. I mean, let's. Uh... He, he was a fan of the product beforehand, so I don't think he's going to come in and decide to change it by inserting himself as a, you know, a Vince kind of figure into the storylines. Okay. All right. They, and we say that now. <laughs> I just want to make sure. All right. Uh, hey, listen, what else we got? We got a, uh, I know we got Cal Palace. We got, what okay, else? Okay. So got? it's a, a big weekend for New Japan action because the majority of the New Japan roster spread out in three different locations uh, over the weekend. So, first of all, we've got the CEO Fighting Game Championships. Uh, when worlds collide, that's uh, this Friday, 29th of June in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, first up, we've got Jeff Cobb against Chase Owens. Uh, your man, Joel, your favorite Joel from London, asks, how much of an impact uh, do you think Jeff Cobb will have over the year? Um, hard to say. I don't think he wins here. Um, you think Chase Owens beats Jeff Cobb? No. No, I don't. But I think that I don't think he wins. I don't think he, you know, I don't think he wins the never title against Goto. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but but I think I think he could be, you know, I I don't see. Here's the thing, I I, I get very hesitant to say what kind of impact he's going to have until he signs a contract. If he signs a contract, he'll have an impact. Um, if he doesn't sign a contract, I think he'll just be in and out throughout the you know the year 
kind of like what we're seeing right now. Um, they're not, you know, they're not going to make big plans for the guy without without him signing something. And uh, until he does that, then that'll that that'll really determine how how far he goes. Yeah, I agree company. with that. Okay, second match we've got Jushin Thunder Liger against Rocky Romero. Then we've got uh, G.O.D. Tamatonga and Tangaloa against Juice Robinson and David Finley. Uh, question from at Claire Dawes: Which NJPW roster member is most in need of a makeover, and why is it David Finley? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm on board with it. Who was that? Who said that? Uh, that was I, I delete stuff as I'm going along. Uh, at Claire Dawes. Oh. Oh, Claire. All right. All right. Well, Claire, we're on, we're on the same page because, uh, yeah, he does. He needs a well, – I mean, that'd be, that'd, that'd be a nice NJPW uh, world. <laughs> um, a little special, the makeover of David Finley. That would, that would be uh, – you know, it's kind of like, you know, he goes shopping, he goes out shopping. Do you remember that show? Um, I don't know if you, if you got this show, or maybe it was it turned into a spinoff in the UK, or I don't know. But we had a show in the states. It was, I think it was, what was it called? Queer Eye for the Straight yes. Guy. Yeah, or something we had like that. that. Yeah, you know that show. Um, yeah, that would be. I would, I would pay cash money to see David Finley on a show like that. He would definitely. Uh, he could, he could use it. He could. He well, could new dad Harold, you heard it. Book it. Get it on yeah, the. Yeah, that's that. I mean, listen. You, that's that's quality content right there, you know. Take him to the Fred Perry shop, be fucking rocking. Okay, we've got nice. a question from Dan Glozier asking: Can we get a state of the Bullet Club uh, on the pod, please? Where does Dominion leave them? Have the Golden Elite fractured away from them now? Is the Bullet Club just the OGs and honorary Tongans? Are Cody Hangman and Skull their own group now? And a similar question from Ryan Generico: uh, Do you feel like the OG Bullet Club are getting overlooked or damaged with so much of the Bullet Club angles focusing on the newer members. So Udro, Farley, G.O.D., uh, Hiko Leo as well seem like total non-factors anymore. Is there a plan for them? So your thoughts on the Bullet Club? Yeah, they're, they're, they're the B level, right? They're the B team. Um, B and C level. And um, I think what this this Cow Palace show, didn't I, didn't I hear something about Omega saying that this was this was really for the, the the name of the Bullet Club and the leader of the Bullet Club and 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 where that where that goes. Um, here's the thing: if I'm in the Bullet Club, like if I'm Tamatanga, I'm like, what the fuck, you know? What I'm I'm on B level, you know what I mean? Like just kind of knowing that um, the elite. I, here's the thing: I think that that there will always they they're not leaving Bullet Club anytime soon. And I think uh, the elite as a brand and the uh, golden elite now is still a part of the Bullet Club, and we'll find a way to kind of meld back that in. But yeah, right now that the Bullet Club is taking a back seat. Uh, speaking of uh, fashion tips, um, Vince McMebersol at John Bonnie asks, "How do you feel about Tangaloa's ring gear? For me, it's far worse than Yo's. The bloke looks like he's off on a European biking weekend. Dreadful." <laughs> dreadful yeah I, I listen I'm, i agree with that i agree with that i'm not a big fan of the vest right i'm not i'm not the, the the paramilitary vests in pro wrestling need to as you like to say get in the fucking bin um yeah not not a big fan not not a big fan i look I, and but here's the thing though i think nah fuck it I'm, I'm sticking with it i don't that and camo shorts i think uh, both of those can get right right in the fucking bin. Yeah. Um, and next up, your favorite fashion boys, Roppongi 3K, showing Yo against uh, the team of Ryusuke Taguchi and Dragon Lee. 
And then in the main event, we've got the Golden Lovers, Kenya Omega and Kota Ibushi against Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu Takahashi, which should be a really good match. A uh, question from at Langley 7 Does the CEO main event impact NJPW storylines at all with the Kenny versus Naito promos, or is it just house show ramification? No, I think it will. I mean, I think... Is, does anybody know? Is, it, is this on the network? Do we know uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's going to be live. I assume they will get it up at some point, but I don't know if it's going to be live. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be, you know, they, they listen, they've been doing it for a year now. These subtle little, you know, seeds and, and, and planting of seeds and little nuggets that they've been laying all throughout the calendar year and all these various different promotions. So I'm sure you'll have a little taste of it. It's not like they're going to completely drop the storyline on these shows. I don't know if there's going to be a huge continuation of the storyline, but um, it'll be it'll be in the same path. It'll be in the same direction, and maybe even a little tiny nuggets are, are thrown in there for the people who watch. Uh, they're not going to disregard the storyline that they've built for, for months uh, on this one show. Um, so it's not like it's just in a little bubble, this show. They'll, they'll, they'll continue on the storyline, but I don't know how, how big of a storyline it'll be. Um, so somewhere in the middle there. Okay. Uh, the other sh- one, the second show we got on the weekend, June 29th, is uh, ROH Best in the World in Maryland. Uh, we've got Jay Lethal against Kushida. We've got the Kingdom against the LIJ team of Bushi, Evil, and Sonada. Uh, so we've got a question here uh, from at Aspir underscore, with Evil being in one of the big matches on the last night of his block, how likely do you think uh, it is he could win the block? And also wishes good luck to England. Thank you for that. And uh, another question about Evil from at Centon Nathan. Is Evil someone destined to be a future long-term main eventer? And if so, does his gimmick, particularly his entrance and entrance gear, uh, need some work to allow this? He arguably already has the in-ring tools for me at least. So your thoughts on Evil? I think Evil could. And I agree with that that thought process of, uh, to me, it's it's it might it feels like not a main event gimmick, right? And that just might be me, and people might be screaming at the radios right now, yelling at me, but it just doesn't feel like it is. Um, even though he has main evented matches and he's uh, main evented shows, and he's actually has a he's one of the rare people that that have, that have uh, uh, scored a pinfall on Okada in the past two or three years. Um, remember back in the G1. Um, so, yes, he has absolutely the talent. I, I think so. Um, will he be? Mm, I'm going to give you a solid definitely maybe, but I think I'm, I'm in the same boat with the gimmick. Um, let me ask you this. That Ring of Honor show, is that is that tonight? No, it's just June 29th. Oh, June 29th. Okay, because I'm like, man, I might fucking go down. because got, that's a, There's a new arena in Baltimore. Um I could. Uh, that's definitely doable. I could spend the night at my good friend Gabby's house. Um, hmm. I might next weekend, huh? I might do that. I might see if I can get a ticket for that. Hmm. All right. Thought. There's yeah, a thought. You should. All definitely right. should. Next. Okay. Next. Um, I on. might. Oh, you might. You might. No, I, I, I might um, do that. Now I, I've got a, a, a listener of the show, Bushy Lives Matter, and on Twitter at Ingobernablis20, and he likes to send me a fun little fact about people from LIJ and other New Japan wrestlers. So uh, Bushi Lives Matter's fact of the week. Uh, he's told me, this is interesting, uh, Naito and Bushi, they're, they're best mates. Uh, both their first names are Tetsuya. They both went to the same high school in Adachi and 
Uh, the story is Bushi wanted to start wrestling, so a friend told him to ask Naito, who was working in a convenience store at the time. So Bushi asked him to sign him up in Hamaguchi's gym, and he did so. And all five uh, LIJ guys were trained by him. Uh, Bushi tried to get into Dragon Gate, so he tried to win by being in a breakdancing competition, but sadly didn't get it, and then got into All Japan's dojo. Uh, so Bushi was an actual breakdancer at one point, which is why his Bushirinis are amazing. And even Alex Shelley at one point talked about how amazed he was by his dance moves. So... Uh, a little fun facts for you there about the bush. Um, you want you want a fun Damon fact? Yeah. I fucking hate break dancing. <laughs> I fucking hate. Do it. you just hate it because Bushi's good at it. it? No, no, no. What I also find funny is that all Japan was like, he can break dance. Sign him up. <laughs> um, he can windmill. Get him. Yeah, in. I hear uh, Joe Doring uh, and Zeus got in a similar path. Yeah, well, well, Joe Doring's more of a body locker, you know, body pop and lock guy. Um, I just, I just, one of those things that I just cannot fucking wrap my head around. It's just like, I just, like, I understand that, that, that there's, is physicality involved in it and there's like, but I just don't, I just, it does zilch for me having people sitting around in a circle, f- rolling around on the floor, <laughs> spinning, just, I fucking just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Are you are you a fan of the breakdance, Joel? Uh, not particularly. No. No, I just I that's that that to me it ranks right up there with with cricket of things that just like I don't fucking get. I don't understand, and I don't. It does d- does not look appealing at all. Uh, speaking of not a pit, no, that's not fair. Uh, the next match actually looks quite good. It's uh, Adam Page against Punishment Martinez. Uh, then we've got the Briscoes against the Young Ooh. Bucks and a main event, Don Castle against Cody against Marty Skull. Um, any thoughts on those matches? Do you think Cody wins the belt there? Cody against uh, Marty Skull? Uh, Dalton Castle it against Cody against Marty Skull. So it's a triple threat for the ROH title. Oh, triple. No. I don't think there's a title change. No. I'm going to go Okay. Um, all right. So that's the Ring of Honor show. And also, the same weekend, we've got the two Strong Style Evolve UK shows. Um, first one is June the 30th in Milton Keynes. Uh, a question from the best Joel in London. Uh, with New Japan doing two UK shows, shows, how important are these events to the future of New Japan? Or will they keep the UK at a distance now that Uncle Paul has got an NXT UK deal? Um, I mean... The the shows are banging. The shows fucking are great. Um, actually, I was texting with him and like just being super jealous. They were trying to get me over there, and uh, I wanted to go to Manchester really bad because I just love the city and I always have fun there. Um, I can go to Morrissey's house again. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean I I I unfortunately think that they they are just going to be great shows without a huge amount of of ramifications for the new japan story arcs um i th- really think i really think that rev pro should rev pro should rev it up and 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 try their damnedest to 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 not that they aren't already but really be that and use that new Japan influence in that in in that area to to counteract those NXT sh- branded shows. It's hard though. It's really fucking hard. They that, but that's that's really what they have. They they have to do that. I mean, they, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of that talent they can't work for Rev Pro, 
right? They're you know that have signed over. Um, they can work for Progress and maybe uh, other promotions that have working relationships with. Yeah, that's correct. WWE, but but yeah, I mean that's that's tough because that's a there's a lot of names that have been signed. So um, they got they got to take advantage of it. So yeah, and and they're doing it with those shows. Those shows are stacked. Um, I, I was really jealous. They're, they're good shows. If you're in that area, you got to check them yeah, out. Yeah, so first match on this card on the June 30th, we've got Shota Umino against a mystery opponent. Um, ben M at Kato underscore Kuhn asks, who do you think the mystery wrestler uh, will be? Uh, he possibly thought it w- might be Honma um, as announced before the announcement of his return. So who do you think that might be? You know what? I don't know, but you figure Young Lion's got to be in there with someone... I don't, not to not to wet nurse him through it, but <sighs> I don't I don't think it would be a Homa. Um who who is returning, which is nice to nice to hear. I'm very curious to, to, to see that. Um I don't know. Maybe you know, I'm thinking it might be a local guy. Um maybe I, I think people are leaning more toward a British or excuse me, a Japanese guy, but it might be a British guy, maybe an, an older, more experienced name recognition type British guy that might be that mystery guy. Yeah, I, I would say the same um, because if you're flying out a Japanese person, then there's a lot of visa work. So uh, yeah, I, I've no idea. It could be anybody. Um, we've got a question from Pete Donahue at comms underscore Pete saying, we show to Umino on the cards. Uh, do you think he'll eventually do his excursion in the UK? I think it'll be a part of it, right? I think I think he'll. I mean, I think all the guys eventually wind up there, you know, for a couple of shows, right? Um, even when Show and Yo were in Mexico, they did Kamatachi when he, you know, uh, Hiromu. He he did some shows over there. Jay White has done some shows over there, um, probably under the Ring of Honor banner, but he's done shows. Um, so I think some, you know, most of them will will do at least a show over there. I don't know if it's like a long term thing where it's you know, where they're in Mexico for, for months. But no, I think they'll be on shows. Absolutely. Okay, uh, next match, we've got Bullet Club. That's Yujiro Takashi, Taichi Ishimori against the Aussie Open team of Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis. Uh, Suzuki, yes, I uh, agree. Um, we've got Suzuki-gun uh, Takashi Izuka, uh, the least hunky boy in New Japan. Uh, Taichi and El Desperado against the Chaos team of Switchblade, Jay White, Toriyano and Gado. Question from Mr. Barales at Shake Your Hip. Who has the potential to go out on their own from Suzuki-gun? Zach. Zach is probably my number one guy. Because truth be told, I have to I have to constantly remind myself that he's even in it. <laughs> right? Um yeah, Zach Zach's Zach's the guy that I think uh and then secondly maybe even uh El Desperado if he uh decides to unmask and go on from there but yeah those agree those would be my two picks as well uh two matches uh i'm really looking forward to tiger mask against uh, david Starr, who's just been announced for battle of los angeles and then water mm. against yuji nagata very tasty matches oh uh, yeah you know what i i remember hearing that when it when it was for yeah yeah those are going to be fucking fun because i know david Starr, like he those kind of things don't get past him, you know? So I know he's probably going to enjoy working with Tiger Mask. And Yuji Nagata gets Walter. He's wow. going to the chop house, isn't he? The- oh, he sure is. That's, oh, that's, see? that That's a pants down right there. That's going to be a fun fucking match. Those two matches are going to be great. 
Fuck, I wish I was there. All right, what's that? What else? What else? Uh, we've got Chris Brooks, who again has also been announced for Bola against Yoshihashi. Uh, 